3: inside access would like to welcome 2024 hall of fame inductee lucy burge De burge the fan thanks you and joining us now on the wgk law guest hotline is BeckQL's lucy burge a hall of famer and lucy it's been a little while has it sunk in yet that you have been bestowed such an honor
1: Oh well good afternoon. It is really still sinking in. And I when the tweet went out, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is still like a dream. I still can't believe it. Every autograph I send now, whenever I put HOF, it's still like I'm taken aback by it. Now I have the honor and privilege of doing that and it's just it's still sinking in. That's exactly it.
4: I'll never be in the Hall of Fame of anything other than perhaps Jackass. Never say never. Uh, well, I'm I'm a realist, Luce. I'm a realist. So there is still there's an there's like an initial glow and then like an afterglow. Is that a fair way to describe
1: it? Yes. Well, I haven't reached the afterglow. I'm still in the honeymoon phase of the Hall of Fame. So we're still mid-glow in this, um, in in basking in this. So yeah, I I will report back on the afterglow, but I'm still in the thick of the, the present glow of this.
3: I'm hoping to be Jewish Radio Legends Hall of Fame. It's a very small but very exclusive club. Uh, Aim high. uh, Yes, yes. Uh, Fingers crossed. Uh, Lucy, uh, have you seen Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, uh, Kelsey in Australia hanging out at the zoo?
1: they did they went to the zoo and i loved when it said taylor is back at the zoo so she was at the zoo saw something that she was like oh i gotta show travis this And she's like babe you gotta see this gorilla exhibit you have to see this elephant you have to there was something there where she loved it so much she had to bring travis kelsey back there i think that's adorable I, I do suspect it did not go the way it did in The Sopranos when Tony and Gloria went to the zoo for their date, which was a little more risque. I don't know if Taylor right. and Travis partook in that oh. kind of scene, but, you know, zoos, zoos are a very good place for a date. So I, I think that that is adorable, and it does lean me thoroughly on the side of this is not fake. Because what well, I mean that's a that's a real date. zoo sure. is a real date.
3: And Australia serious travel. You're not like that. Exactly. That, that's 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 an endeavor. Jason's not flying to Australia
4: yeah. again. You'd have to knock but, me out pretty good. Um yeah. I hope and Kelsey. you're there. I I I think they need to keep boomerangs out of Kelsey's hands while he's there. I think that could be. <laughs> I could be. I could see a boomerang accident coming from a few thousand miles away. Um, we we love to talk fashion with you lucy it's one of our favorite topics here um mlb looks like they might be courting disaster with these uniforms i i think they're like one gatorade spill away from somebody's junk just being out there for the world to see especially if he's not rocking a cup um what are you thinking about these transparent pants
1: yes i had a feeling you guys were gonna ask about this this is like in theory of course yeah this is it's not the worst thing in the world for this to happen but then you think about it and you're right a a wet pants contest i mean that is going to be a like you sweat you can spill water gatorade this is uncomfortable i yes i've had people dm me being like oh you love this it's really kind of when you think about it you don't go to the ballpark to see Guys' underwear right. through their pants, or whatever that they're there. I'm there to see the ball game, everybody. Well, i not there to be looking at the matter. Speaking, well, Lucy, <laughs> this is, I don't like it. I this is uncomfortable to put people in pants that are completely see through at their place of business. I think is a horrendous move. Change the pants now. They should have that should be the slogan. Change the pants now. They should have George Costanza design these uniforms because cotton uniforms, I think, would be a better move than this. This is how is it, none of these players being like. Look, I don't feel comfortable doing this, but I did see somebody say that they should wear the heart boxers underneath all season, and I think that would be it. it could be a really uh, great uh, boxer sponsorship.
3: I just can't believe that somebody okayed these. Like that, right. not only are the pants awful, but they're like the, the the font on the on the names on the back of the oh, jerseys are terrible. Like who said terrible. this is good?
1: Terrible and fashion wise it's terrible to have smaller lettering because it makes you look I, I guess maybe mu- more muscular is better, mm. but it makes you look bigger. You never want that no also the worst part of these is not even if you what you can see through the pants in terms of like their you know their crotch or their their uh, boxers or whatever it's the shirt when you tuck in your jersey, you see the tucked in jersey under the mm. pants, which is a horrible look. Look, this is why this is why the next move here could be what women do with bodysuits where the snaps on the bottom kind of like a, a, a bathing suit kind of thing, a bodysuit because it's a flat tuck in. They might have bodysuit jerseys for men. And that could be how this goes because it's a smooth way to to tuck it into your (laughs) skirt, your pants, whatever. Hmm. What if they have a little snap for you? Like a onesie. onesie. Pretty much a onesie. It's pretty much a onesie. And that could be a solution. Don't change the pants, just change everything else. Might be the the next move here. The
4: jersey is a onesie, it's automatically tucked in and it's clamped under the huevos.
1: Yes, I think that it would go over really well. It's, really? It is quite uncomfortable. You have to get the right size because it can ride up and it is quite Oof. uncomfortable. But, I mean, what else do you do? You, you cannot change these pants, apparently. So, what else can you do to, to get rid of the tuck in? You know, it's a TC Tugger situation from I Think You Should Leave.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, the bone's not here. Yeah. here we, we're
3: we're, not we're bone out. Yeah, yeah at he's at spring we don't training. Get that
4: reference. So, that went right over our heads. Yeah. We're um, old. But I'm I'm sure it was well played. He'll Uh, get it. I I almost feel like somebody now needs to kind of take one for the team and just go out there in one of these spring training games, go commando, and just pour, you know, make sure that they pour water all over themselves. Like, I feel like somebody's got to take this to the extremes sooner rather than later to get Rob Manfred's attention about this.
1: Exactly. That's the way that is that kind of like a boycott and kind of like, look, this is what we're going to do. If you don't change these pants, we're just going to be out here just flailing around like this. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's, it's got to be a guy who uh, would be very proud to do this, I would think. And, right. uh, and I think that that would be a, a really a, a good way to get this changed, because I am not going to sit through these games, you know, with really good. So you get good seats, and all you see are these through these guys' pants.
5: Yeah, sounds it's awful. Very
1: uncomfortable. It's distracting. It's horrible. Yeah. Distracting is exactly what it is. And I want to keep track of you know the count and and how many uh, outs there are. And it's really tough to do that when you can see through every guy's pants out there. Well, one
3: last question on the pants: How soon will you be wearing them in a walk and talk?
1: <laughs> oh, as soon as I can get them, Not I will yet. reach out to MLB and maybe they will get. Uh, the the ships uh, sooner than the Duncan tracksuits, which I'm sure will be shipped soon. Oh, so but they I'm haven't. Still waiting for mine.
4: You're tracking those that those still are not even in transit. The Duncan suits not
1: in transit. It says processed, and uh, I've reached out to Duncan to no response. But I, you know, I'm hoping it gets here soon.
4: How big is your wardrobe? <laughs> like how expansive <laughs> is it?
1: expansive it's uh it, it's a there's a good choice every day for it to pick through there's a it's a good good sized uh closet stuffed with with clothes on they're all on hangers but they it's it's pretty squished in there
4: but is there's is, is there like one is a other is this a multiple closet situation i guess is what i'm getting at
1: oh i do have one closet and then i have a bureau of clothes and that is full as well but yeah i, I did i did a will say i got rid of six garbage bags of clothes recently and my closet that. is still full it is so cleansing.
3: Yeah, Margie made me do it. It's a great it. feeling. Yeah.
1: Well, it's a good feeling. It's yeah. a good feeling.
3: I got anything that her. she said. Anything you haven't worn in the last year, you got to get rid of. Everything. Th- everything yep. see-through is gone. Yeah. All my all well, my yeah. track suits and 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 body suits. They I haven't worn them in years. Anything so. with a clasp out. No, no clasp, clasp are out for clasp 24. No. In no, the no, G-G, you know GG household. That. No belly shirts. <laughs> yeah, all gone. Yeah, my crop tops well, you know are what that out. Does?
1: You know what that does? It gets it makes room for more clothes. You that's right. Shopping spree uh, yeah. invitation to just go shopping again.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Hey, we should get to your picks because that's what people want to yeah. hear from you. Uh I think and, they want to hear the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, to be no, honest I, with she, you, she's she's a <laughs> she's a see, hall of famer, I, and we
4: know we know hall of famers don't get there by just being one tool players. Did I see correctly? Right. You
1: went
3: three and
4: zero last night,
1: Lucy. I sure did. Hall I of fame. Swept nice. the board last night, guys. Yeah. So that was a good sign for tonight. Yeah, that's right. Let's keep so it very going. Excited.
3: And, of course, you're staying close to home. The Celtics back in action. You like them?
1: Yes, I do. Celtics minus 8.5. They are playing the Bulls, and the Bulls are having a tough go of it before the All-Star break, so the Celtics are averaging – 120 points scored per game. Bulls are averaging 111, so I think this is a pretty good margin for the Celtics to be able to cover the spread minus eight and a half. They covered their last two spreads before the break at and at home. The Bulls have failed to cover three of their last five. And the last time the Celtics and Bulls faced each other in November, the Celtics won 124 to 97. So I think they'll be able to cover this minus eight and a half. And I also had Dodgers money line today. They oh. are winning Ooh. eight nothing, so that is promising as well.
4: Sure yeah, that's did. look yeah that's looking pretty good. We've got yeah. that uh, we've got that on here. One of the great things about playing hockey Lucy is you do not have to worry about uh, your groin area being exposed sure. in any way.' you're, you're covered up. Um, it'd be really impossible to have one of these baseball type things happen. Uh, we've got Rangers and Devils tonight. I know the Rangers have been hot. Rangers recently won the outdoor game, right? The uh mm-hmm. stadium series. What do what do we have going on for that rivalry? An old Patrick Division rivalry oh,
1: from back yeah. in the day. Yes. Yes, I am going with the Rangers in this. Rangers money line in their full pads. Nothing see-through, no distractions. The <laughs> Rangers have won their last eight-three games. Devils have lost two of their last three and five of their last night at home. And on the road, the Rangers have won their last three, and they are 17-9-3 on the road. So I like the Rangers on the money line tonight against the Devils.
4: Yeah, I, I heard that the NHL was considering a new motto in, in, in light of these developments with MLB. One NHL Hockey. One puck, no balls. Wow.
1: Oh, I love it. Right. Oh, I love it. Take love that, it. Rob yep.
4: Manfred.
3: Wow.
1: Huh? Yep. Doesn't we we don't have
4: those problems out. in yeah.
3: Canada.
1: Yep. <laughs> right but there Kazakhstan. No That's no, much it
3: that, that is. Kazakhstan. That is correct. She is a Hall exactly. of Famer. Yes, she is. You can find her you on the never take 2L. that away from her. She is always, yeah, that's right. You know, this is no, never goes yeah, away. Yeah, this is a life, forever. It's like being a Supreme Court justice; it's lifetime.
1: Exactly, I was just thinking that. Yes, yeah. exactly, a lifetime honor.
3: Yes, yeah, Lucy. Birch. Enjoy the glow, Burge, oh, Enjoy the. glow. Oh, he's Thank great. You. We'll talk next week.
1: Thank you. Talk to you next week.
3: All right. Coming up next, Orioles getting ready for life. What do we got here? <laughs> It's our ceremonial Hall of Fame music. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, very nice. It's part of like the re- the yeah, read yeah, at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. I, I totally forgot about the music. I apologize. Well, we're
4: not that used to. Look, we haven't yeah. had that many Hall of Fame interviews. No, we've had one, two, but two at the Burge.
3: Yeah, because Bobby D. We can't smoke He's out. He's laying low.
4: And vivon has been vacation. on vacation. Yeah, so we have but not. But I, I, I think we can get Viv on next week. I that feel, would be great. I feel good about that. Our second member
3: of the first class of the IA Hall of Fame. Our Orioles down at spring training. We'll hear from Brandon Hyde. We'll hear from James McCann. Maybe some Jackson Holiday next year on The Fan.
4: Inside access on The Fan. Inside access to
3: the Orioles. Brooks. Cal. It's the Hot Corner with Jason. Ken and Tim Barberley's Sponsored by Home Life Roofing and Remodeling.
0: Wow, said's The Fan. Sed's dealt with a lot of things so far in his career. Like you said, down to double A and, and, and then 30-30. So he's seen, starts an all-star game. Uh, had a you know great first half last year. You know the, the, He's dealt with things extremely well and he has turned himself into so many of our guys into such a pro and understanding what he needs to do on a daily basis and uh, such a team guy like the rest of these guys. But I have a lot of confidence in Sed. Sed's delivered for us for a while now. The goal in camp, really, for him to stay healthy, the goal in the season is always for him to stay healthy, him and Hayes, both. They do that. They put up numbers. They help us win.
3: That's Brandon I talking about Cedric Mullins, who's scheduled to join the show tomorrow. Cedric Mullins showing off some dad strength early in camp, hitting some dingers.
4: I Look, I think Sed's going to have a huge bounce back year. Um I'm super excited to see him in this lineup and and he was he was him look before the first injury he was having himself a hell of a season and I I have every belief in Cedric Mullins that he's one of the rare speed to power players in this game
3: More from Sarasota James McCann spoke yesterday
5: and he talks about Grayson Rodriguez as far as Grayson goes, I thought there's a lot of positives today. If you talk to him, he's probably going to be frustrated about his command a little bit. I think a lot of good things came came from today's session for him. You know, getting two ups—that's that's a big, big, big deal in spring training. And you know, he left with a couple of things that he wants to work on. And uh, other than that, I, th- I thought there's a lot of positives.
3: I I think James McCann is like the perfect backup catcher for this year, vet for this team. Excuse me, yeah, that been there before, understands his role, and and can really work with some of these young guys.
4: Yeah, and look he he had some of the better base caught stealing second base numbers in in major league baseball um you know he he still did well by and large behind the dish and started to hit better in the second half i think probably got a little more comfortable with this role and yeah uh was kind of Kyle Bradish's personal catcher for a while right as he was starting to catch fire a lot of those um, he'd be lined up on those Sunday afternoon games, and you'd have McCann out there usually getting a clutch hit uh, and helping this young man reach a level of consistency on the mound that he hadn't previously. Um, yeah, look, and and it was another situation where they bought low, right? Mm-hmm. Most of that contract subsidized by, was it the Mets? Yes. Yeah,
3: yeah they traded for the Mets, and they basically ate almost all yes. of it. So, hey, more from James McCann. They have a new closer. His name's Craig Kimbrell. He talks about him.
5: You can see the, the progression. You can see um, I mean, he's been doing it for so long, he's, he's got it down to a science. He knows exactly where he needs to be at, at what point in time in camp. And, you know, he doesn't get caught up in the, in the velocities and the the results. He gets caught up in is he making the pitch he wants to make. Um, you know, I think you probably even heard him say something to Rush about, you know, I don't care about that. I care about that. And You know, talking about things.
2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match
5: limited by state law. While that Mountie hit off him, he was more concerned about where the location was than what the hitter was doing. uh, Because he knows at the end of the day when he makes his pitches, when when he's a full go come season, then he's going to be in a good spot.
3: You are, I'm sure you saw it, Jason. The beat writers taking pictures down there. You know Craig Kimbrell's on the mound because he's doing that thing where he looks like, I don't know, a blur bur- Yeah, he's bent over. He's got that, that thing the ready. one-wing yeah. whatever? Yeah. Sickle? And that's yeah. that that's whatever his setup is, but it, it's there.
4: Oh, it's noticeable. Um, look, I, I like the signing. I, I think they needed somebody who has pitched in the, the most high-leverage situations possible. Yeah. Um, Is he ascending? No. Do I worry about him come September? A little bit. Uh, But I also don't think this team's going to stop trying to uncover guys on the waiver wire, down in Norfolk, whatever, through trades who could impact the back end of this rotation. I'm sorry, back end of this bullpen. Yeah,
5: yeah.
3: Uh, Let's hear from Jackson Holliday. Talks about his workouts this offseason.
5: So it lifts about six days a week. Uh, Monday would be like a max upper, and then Tuesday is a upper recovery, which would be like bands. And then Wednesday is a max lower. Thursday is a lower recovery, and then it's speed days. So like a speed upper and then a speed lower. So that was kind of what I did for most of the offseason until about the last uh, two weeks kind of deselled a little bit and just some, some lighter stuff to, to get ready for, for spring training. But, uh, yeah, that was the main focus was to get stronger, um, get faster, and see if it paid off.
4: It sounds a lot like what
5: I do. So yeah. I mean, if it,
4: you know, if he could pull off a physique like this, Yes. that's very. I mean, that was scarily similar. Yes, eerie. to my routine with the uppers and the downers yeah, yeah, and the I've lowers. I've watched work workout. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very impressive. The upper yeah.
3: <laughs> upper yeah. deck. An inside Uh-oh. access Uh-oh. investigative in report. If you tuned in yesterday and you heard the <laughs> final TMI of the week. Where, because Tim's actually in Florida now, he mentioned his uh, Spanish teacher, Senora Dickensheets. Yeah, he was talking about unfortunate names. And during that conversation, Jason and mentioned, and I said, I don't think it's a very unfortunate name. Yeah, and that there's Dickensheets in my neighborhood. Yes, I, I, there's Dickensheets all over Towson. Well, since then, Miss uh, Senora Dickensheets followed uh, Tim on Twitter, I think, or no, Instagram. Messaged him and wanted him t- t- wanted him to tell you yes. that it's the very it's same the same dick and sheets, same dick and sheets, cut from the same cloth. same are. It's the same it's person. The same person. So, so there you go. So maybe there aren't a lot of dick and that's sheets. That's Baltimore for you. Yes, but it does. But it does ruin your theory that there were a lot of dick and sheets because it was the same dick and sheets.
4: But I still think there's. I, th- I still think there's a fair amount of dick and sheets running the streets. Could be. Say that five times fast. No, I don't want to because I'll get. I'm sure I'll say something wrong. Yeah, that's a close one. Um... Well, this is, you know, again, this is what happens when the bone's not here. A bone-out day, we're already, we're we're lacking. Um, But it's good that Bone connected with
3: his old teacher. Yeah, Senora Dickensheets, who said that she enjoyed the conversation. Yes. (laughs) She said she enjoyed the hilarious conversations, what she said.
4: Well, we aim to please around here at IA. Whether we're bone-in or bone-out, Yeah, we try to keep it 100%. If we can reach
3: out and tell her that he's a glue guy, is she looking for a glue guy? I don't huh? know. Well, he's a glue guy. <laughs> Maybe Mrs. Dickens she's looking for a glue guy. <laughs> no, I don't think so.
4: I, think, I don't think so. I don't know. What you, Gigi, what's what are you doing? I don't know. Yeah. Huh? No, no. I don't know. Uh, I've, you know, Why you got to go there? I, but he's a glue guy.
3: He's yeah. looking well, for a glue girl. That's got nothing to do with nothing. Okay, I'm just saying. Yeah, I think I'm she's always on glued the up. Okay, no, I, I, didn't, do, yeah. I didn't
4: know. Maybe she knows a glue gal or two. Yeah, you know, she's potential. You're she's saying she's been to the glue factory. So that Jackson Holiday, yes. that sounds like quite a regimen. Yeah, but have you seen? I'm sure by now He's, everybody's seen the video of like his workout, yes. like his yeah. hit tunnel and everything. And, and have you seen the other players s- going out there to
3: like train with him? And have you seen the side by sides last year to this year? He looks like a different dude. Yeah,
4: and look, his dad obviously understands. Yeah. The, what it takes to have a long major league career, and also how to incrementally build your body, not too much too soon, where you see guys, you know, crashing and burning a little bit. So um i i i'm fascinated to see where his career takes him and you know we'll see how these guys develop together and and what they're able to accomplish because whatever the future holds contractually for any of them we're looking at another solid at least 4 to 5 years we think of an adley a gunner a jackson holiday um All being impactful baseball players in their
3: early to mid 20s. Coming up next, we head back to the Ravens. And with Justice Hill, the only running back under contract, healthy, let's face it, Keaton Mitchell may not be ready for September. Should the Ravens sign a running back? We'll discuss next here on The Fan.
0: Inside Access. To the ground
4: game, Josh Jacobs, touchdown Las Vegas! Wheel route, Moss with the catch inside the five and he's in! Touchdown Colts! Here's Henry, Derek Henry!
3: he's gonna be a free agent and we all know he's an absolute beast and i've got the perfect place
0: for him to go this offseason. he plays with physicality he is relentless in his preparation and we all know he ain't getting any younger so he has a passion to get over the hump and go win a championship so with all that being said there's only one place for
3: him to go derrick henry should be a baltimore raven because he already plays like one so you heard some highlights. Josh Jacobs, Zach Moss, Derrick Henry, and then RG Three, former Raven, saying that Derrick Henry should be a Raven. Could you see the Ravens signing a running back this year? Is RG
4: three a Raven for life?
3: Yes. He definitely he's well, he was here two years, and if you asked him, he he mentored Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson's a two time MVP. So facto, he's right. Raven for Life. Raven for life.
4: Yeah. Um the whole Derrick Henry thing, I I Look, you could talk me into, and I'm not one who thinks, for the most part, spending considerable money on running backs is the way to go in the modern NFL. However, you could talk me into, and I maybe have even kind of sort of talked myself into, this team leaning more into 12 and 13 personnel, and then, I guess, you know, with Ricard, you know, some 22 in there, and... Running and throwing out of that and having a single back whose presence on the field, right, isn't a tell one way or the other. A a true every down back. Now, for me, that's not Derrick Henry. Not to say that he can't catch the ball some, but, I mean, even he, um, the last three or four years, there's, there's always been somebody to sort of offset him. You know, they lean into a third down scenario like Saquon Barkley more of an every down back. Mm -hmm. Josh Jacobs for me an every down back. Like I I really worry about Derrick Henry just any of the research that's been done on guys who have 2,000 yard seasons and then what that means for them two years later and three years later. The way running backs hit the wall um, I I just don't think paying him based on past performance at this stage of his career makes a whole lot of sense. I, I it doesn't do it for me. I, I even at five or six million dollars, I, I feel like that's a declining asset, who, whose body is far beyond his years, and and who I just don't think even if you have him on a pitch count, I think having him being a force for you in the playoffs mm-hmm. is is a big ask. I, I just don't think that makes sense, um, and I do think it does limit sort of your playbook and there's certain things you're going to run for him and certain things you're not um now could you talk me into Josh Jacobs you could talk you could you could talk me into Josh
3: Jacobs yeah like if you guaranteed me to stay healthy you could talk me into Saquon Barkley but
4: that's a big if yeah i, I just there's been i'd rather go i'd rather go Jacobs than Barkley cuz i i think he's his he's more durable i think he's less beat up He's had less procedures. Um, He didn't even have as much of the college career that Barkley did in terms of being, you know, ridden hard. Um, And I I like him out in space. Um, And Barkley's great out in space as well. But, you know, look, whatever you gave him for a running back, these guys aren't getting much money guaranteed Mm -hmm. into year year two, let alone beyond year two. So really, whatever you do is going to be a two-year proposition. So... You're looking at a Jacobs who's still young. Remember, he came into the league young. Yeah, could you ex- could could you extract two really productive seasons out of him? I think he could. Could he be someone who's on the field, first down, second down, third down for you in this Todd Munkin offense? I absolutely think he could. I, you could get me there. Like, hey, do you want to go spend whatever you know, rent Keenan Allen for one year at twelve or fifteen or whatever? You know what I mean, like. Look, after you gave Odell Beckham 15 last yeah. year, good luck getting a, a good receiver to come here on the cheap. Not because he doesn't think he can do things. It's not about Lamar Jackson. You just set a precedent mm-hmm. where you went to a level nobody else was close to for a guy who hadn't played much football in two years. So you're talking about bringing in somebody who has been productive recently, but whose cap number is too big for their current team. Like, I don't think they're coming here for seven, eight million bucks. Keenan Allen, who missed, like, the last four weeks of the year, still caught over
3: 100 balls yes. this year.
4: Yes. You know, and Mike Williams, even he, is he going to come here? Wait a minute. You gave Odell 15 last year. You're going to try to bring me in for seven or eight? Like, I don't know that they're going to be able to get into those waters. But could you get a Jacobs around 10? I, I actually nailed it. 13 games. We missed four. 108
3: catches for 1,243 yards. That's yeah. Keenan Allen last yeah,
4: year. Yeah, I, I – you know, like they did the Aguilar thing. Could you get Odell back here at 6 or 7? Sure. But if you're trying to do better than him, I think you might be in a little bit of a bind. Um, and if your offensive line maybe isn't going to be as good as it was in the past, then do you need a running back who can do a little more on his own? Yeah. Josh Jacobs has never been blessed by running behind a good offensive no, line. No, he has not. But he's still been very productive. Uh, so I don't think it's... I don't think it's a like the craziest thought in the world. And and I do think it'll be relatively tough sledding for any of these running backs to to hit home runs or even to hit triples uh in free agency. Um and more than one will probably end up going back to his current team. But the Derrick Henry thing doesn't do much for me. We do have a poll up. Yeah. You can vote at ia1057 the fan. Uh, we're an hour in, about 300 votes in already. <clears throat> Basically asking you, all right, if you were going to spend money on a running back rather than a wide receiver, which would you go with? Currently, again, 275 votes in. 21% Josh Jacobs, 28% Derek Henry, 36% Saquon Barkley, 15% Nick Chubb if released. I'm surprised Chubb's that low. I mean, I guess people are worried about him coming off the injury. but um, And I voted Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I voted
3: Barkley. I don't know. I, it's just, man, when he's out there and in this offense, standing next to Lamar Jackson, that thing could be very interesting. But I, like you,
4: am a little concerned about the injuries. And he's another one. Like, where's his head going to be? Because he turned down more money last year than he's going to get it even a sniff of this year. Mm -hmm. So uh, the ship has probably sailed with the Giants, but I I think it's going to be a cold reality for him next week in Indianapolis when his agent's making the rounds and nothing they're hearing back is wetting their whistle. Coming up next, we continue talking Ravens, and
3: we've been doing the uh, position groups and reviewing them from last season. Well, this one's a good one. It's the linebackers. They were really good. We'll we'll review and also talk about what it may look like next year, next year on The Fan.
4: Inside Access.
3: Ravens at the linebacker position. Man, they were good. This is the inside guys. Roquan Smith, first team All-Pro. Patrick Queen, second team All-Pro. You really can't get much better than that. Uh, Unless you had two first-team All-Pros, that's unlikely. But, man, that was good. Unfortunately, though, Patrick Queen is going to be walking out the door this offseason. So uh, we'll see how Trenton Simpson, at least we assume, does Mm -hmm. in his stead.
4: Well, look, they they were planning for this. Um, They grabbed another young man who has great speed, acceleration, athleticism, Um, somebody who's got lateral quickness and, and a lot of the explosion that they're seeking in that position. And now that Roquan Smith is settled in wearing the dot at the very heart of that defense, I think they know exactly the attributes they're looking to put around him. Um And in a perfect world, do they wish they had a fifth-year option on Patrick Queen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you'd find a way to make that work. Or if nothing else, if you were trying to shop Patrick Queen – um you'd get a whole lot more from now than you probably would have a year ago. Sure. Um, Ultimately, I I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting to sort of look at the rest of Patrick Queen's career. And I said earlier in the show, I think he'll do fine in free agency. I don't think he's hitting a grand slam. I don't know that he's hitting a home run. I don't think he's getting a Roquan Smith type deal, but we'll we'll see what's out there for him. He'll make good money, no doubt about it. You know, but what, What does that pick ultimately look like? Does he and his next contract separate himself even more from a Kenneth Murray or a Jordan Brooks, Brooks, the guys who were drafted around him? Does that just look like, you know what, all three of those teams kind of locked in on a certain position in a certain spot of the draft? And it didn't work out great for any of them. Um But his last year and a half here, he was far more productive than he ever was in his career. And we know this. He and Roquan Smith were a powerful tandem Mm -hmm. um, that were really the engine for what became an historically significant defense. But you can never run it all back. It doesn't work that way in this league. There's a salary cap and a draft and a bunch of things working against you. And um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Roquan Smith now to, to keep this position group In this lofty spot where it's kind of looked at, Ravens linebackers, again, amongst the best in football. It's where we became accustomed to them being for a long time, obviously led by originally Ray Lewis. Mm -hmm. And Roquan has certainly held up his end of the trade and the contract. But now the development of Trenton Simpson is one more thing on his plate. Well, but let's remember... Uh, a little less
3: than a year ago, we just assumed like Patrick Queen's gone after next year. We didn't expect him to be this good, but like Trenton Simpson will be the next guy up. And we talked about Roquan Smith, the fourth the force multiplier. And the the our expectation was the guy playing next to him would be would play up because he's playing next to that guy.
4: Yeah. And and look, are there gonna be things that Trenton Simpson does a little differently than Patrick Queen? Maybe certain things he's better at, certain things he's not. Um, I always felt like that delayed A-gap blitz was something that they could have leaned into even more. Who's going to quibble with the success they had defensively this past year, right? You can't. But I'm going to tell you this. I don't think they're getting as many sacks out of the edge group next nah. year. And Matt Abike might have another great year, but I don't know that it's going to be 14 sacks. So they may have to blitz a little more next year. They may have to adapt and change their spots. And maybe Trenton Simpson, I mean, Patrick Queen's got, what, 13 and a half career sacks, I think? Trent Simpson in his first four years might have more than that. I, I don't know. Um, Zach Orr is going to have some things that he thinks differently than Mike McDonald did. But Zach Orr also is going to have an understanding of the linebacker position that as great as Mike McDonald was, mm-hmm. he never could because he didn't play it at that same level. Yeah. So, um, Look, had they not made the Roquan Smith trade, who knows what the last year and a half would look like. And we'd be talking about this position group a whole lot differently right now um, than we are. Uh, and yeah, look, if Patrick Quinn goes somewhere else and he is a perennial second team, all pro type guy, then you're going to look back and say, why did you only have him for four years? Yeah. Well, here's the crazy thing. Let's go back to
3: before they traded for Roquan Smith. Patrick Quinn was a failure. It's a first-round pick that that they took the green dot away from him. They took the inside linebacker role away from him, and they acquired Roquan Smith because they didn't think Patrick Queen could do it. Now he was young. He, as you pointed out, came into the league young, still young. Didn't one play year a, of
4: major college yeah, football because
3: he had oh, Devin White in front of him at LSU. So like it was a le- steep learning curve, but he did not live up to first-round billing until Roquan Smith got here.
4: No. Now, again, how much of that is on them thinking he could do more than he could when he could? I always thought he was destined for the outside. Like early on, I'm like, why don't you just lean into what you know he can do and put him in more of a position to succeed? Mm -hmm. Um, They really thought he could be that long-term solution. To replace really what they were doing then was replacing C.J. Mosley, right? Yeah, and they thought he could do that, and he ended up being very impactful, but in a but in a different way. Now is somebody else going to pay him like you, C.J. Mosley? We're we're about to find out. Um, I I I don't know that it's going to be with Denard Wilson in Tennessee. I'd be surprised. I don't think it's going to be in Miami. I don't think it's going to be with the Chargers and Joe Ortiz who drafted him. Maybe it is Mike McDonald, but. If it is, I don't know that it's at the $18 million that some are projecting. But our next guest would know a little bit more about that also. Interesting
3: segue. Brad Spielberger, PFF. He's their salary cap analyst. They had an interesting podcast piece where he was talking about the Ravens and creating their roster with all these free agents. We'll get his
0: thoughts next here on The Fan.
4: Inside Access.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.